Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Luke chapter 1, verse 35 and 47. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who has called, who was called barren. Now, catch this. This is the angel still talking to Mary. And he said, your cousin Elizabeth was barren. But now she's six months into her pregnancy. It was a miracle. And he's bearing witness and telling Mary, listen, you're not the only one. You're not the only one who has a promise inside of her. And then he said, verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Then let it be to me according to your word. That was Mary's amen. That's what amen means. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her, and now Mary arose, and in those days went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, that the babe leaped in her womb. Excuse me. The baby leaped inside of her womb. Now, she didn't have gas. She didn't eat something spicy. It was the Holy Spirit that confirmed something inside of Elizabeth. And that baby, filled with the Spirit, jumped up and down, leaped inside of her to confirm something for Mary. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke out, and she spoke out with a loud voice, and she prophesied. And this is what she said. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of the Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as my as your the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told of her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior. And my spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior. There is something that every single one of us have inside of us. You may not even feel like you have a specific promise that's been given to you. We talk about promises all the time and how God will fulfill the promises in your life. But we're going to go a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about the expectancy and how God can move 
and how God can work and how you already have someone in your life that is more than a promise keeper. He's the promise maker. He's the promise maker. Now, I know this is going to sound funny, but I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to ask them, are you expecting? Don't nobody laugh. Are you expecting? Nobody get offended. Nobody laugh. Because I have made the mistake before. I'm going to go there and go there. I'm going to go ahead and go there. I made the mistake before and asked someone, oh, are you expecting? And they go, no. But every Christian should respond to a yes and an amen to here today. Every believer should respond to that. Are you ready for the word? Now you bless this service today. Come on, stretch out your hands, lift up your voices. This isn't just a one-man show. This is a family effort today. Come on, Father, we receive every prayer. Anoint us today. Anoint this building. Anoint me, God, as I speak. Anoint the congregation. Touch our hearts, touch our minds, touch our spirits. We love you today, dear God. We bless you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the goodness in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. You may be seated this Sunday morning. Only if you're happy. Stand up if you have an attitude. We're going to pray for you right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is so good to be here. I love my church. I love the church God's called us to be and things that are going on, so many exciting things. But I realized years ago that, that I have promises. In fact, I have the same promises that you have. I have the same promises that you all have. There is nothing when it comes to our differences. There's very little. Now, we've all been wonderfully made and uniquely made by God and have different talents and different abilities. I understand that. But we all have the same Christ that lives inside of us. He loves us all the same. He doesn't love you more than he loves me and vice versa. He died for every single one of us and rose again for every single one of us and descended with his spirit over every single one of us. Do you see the common ground that we have? There isn't a whole lot of difference between us. We have the same royal blood that flows through our veins. If you have ever, by faith, said, Lord, forgive me, and God, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and you have ever been baptized in the Spirit, and you've ever been water baptized, then you were baptized into a body and born again into a family of believers, not just going through the uh, steps, the rituals of religion, it was the actual modus operandi of God when he said, except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, they shall enter in or see the kingdom, which means that that was God's way of bringing people into a deeper intimacy with him. So you and I as believers have been through a process, have experienced things in our life, and every one of us know for a fact that Jesus is alive that Jesus is alive and he has forgiven us and he picks us up every week, I mean, really every day. 
I know I need him to walk every day, right? Uh, do you need him every day? I need him every single day. I can't walk without him holding my hand. I can't think without him sharing his heart. I can't believe unless he gives me his faith. But there are some times I have to always remember that I have more than just a promise from God's word. I have the promise keeper and the promise maker inside of me. There are some things that operate in our life that we don't fully understand. Did you know that studies have shown, according to, I read an article from John Hopkins Medical Center, that they've been doing science and scientific research and, and through also Asian medicine. They've said that the intestinal area is called the second brain. There are more neural nerves, nerves that connect to your brain that are lined up within from your esophagus all the way down to your <laughs> There are more in your intestinal area and your walls have nerve endings that are connected to your brain. From your guts produce serotonin and things that bring calm and clarity and relaxation and also uh, that cortisol, cortisol levels are also raised and shared throughout the body, but everything goes through the intestinal area and every nerve ending. There, in fact, there's even more nerve endings within the intestinal area than there are really in your brain. And that sound may, may sound hard to believe, but that's why they call it the gut-brain connection. And so if you ever felt emotions, if you've ever felt something in your life that was exciting, and most of the time you feel it in your gut, we believe as Christians from experience, well, according to the scripture also, that the Bible does say that we are wonderfully and fearfully made right, according to Psalms 139 and 14. We don't know all the answers. All we know is that God made us the way he did. Scientists come around afterwards, they start dissecting and do autopsies, and they figure out all these things, but God knew this from the very beginning. And we also know that, that through the Scripture, Jesus stood up on the, that great day of the feast in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 39, and he said that Jesus stood up crying, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his belly. Everyone say Belly. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That word belly actually references the innermost being of a person. But he said belly. And that's why most of the time when you feel something from God and God moves in your life, you feel it in the very core of your being because that's where the spirit man is located. Don't take my word for it. Pray about it. Look at the scripture. Every indication of God's spirit in our life that flows through us has always evolved from the mouth and the mouth to the heart and the belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, which is connected to your brain. But quite honestly, when you feel something and you have things going on in your life and you can't hear clearly, how many of you always go with the gut feeling? How many of you have ever done that before? You, you, you're trying to make a decision, but you feel confused about what decision to make, but you go with the gut. That's because you're trying to feel what the Spirit is saying to you. 
There have been many people. I've heard testimonies of Colonel Hal Moore, who fought on the infamous Port Chop Hill, who the movie was made after. We were soldiers with Mel Gibson. And they did an actual interview with Colonel Hal Moore, and he said that being on the battlefield was rough. It was hard to make a decision. He said because there would be explosions. Bullets would be flying. And he couldn't think properly that he would always, but he learned and always learned how to trust his gut to make decisions. Because sometimes you can't give in to what everyone else is saying even in life. You can never go with everyone else's opinion and everything from, from whatever someone tells you. Remember, it's always a two-story home. Everyone has a story, but the Spirit of God would never lie to you. The Spirit of God would never mislead you. The Spirit of God will never misguide you, misdirect you, and always direct you in the right paths. So we believe the Spirit man abides inside of you. And when you have an experience with God, and God is married and united with your spirit, and the two of you become one, that's why we're the bride of Christ. That's why he has come for his bride. He's going to come for his bride, but you belong to him. You belong to him, and what God has joined together, no one can put asunder. And you are one new man in Christ Jesus. The scripture also says it goes beyond that, that now both Jew and Gentile have become one. The Spirit did that. The Spirit did that. Not physically, but spiritually. So God put his Spirit inside of us. And because his spirit is inside of us, he has ability, the ability to influence us, to talk to us, to help us. And your greatest desires, God will move. And sometimes you don't need to pray, God, give me, get, get me out of this. Sometimes you need to pray, God, give me strength on the inside. God, give me a fire in my belly. God, give me, get, get, get rid of of that wet, damp wood, firewood inside of me, and God, burn it up like the shaft that it is and give me the fuel, Father, to keep moving forward. If you ever felt burnt out, burnt out is a product of not keeping the fire going. That's what burnout is. When you're under the anointing or, or you're led by God's spirit and you're feeling burnt out from doing something, it's only because you have lack of strength. The scripture says it like this. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. That's what the Bible says. So that means that you need to allow God to move inside of you. Let God flow through you. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that has been placed inside of you or fan the flame inside of you. From your innermost being, you can hear the voice of God. I've had so many people tell me, I heard God, I felt God telling me, but it came from my gut. I felt God tell me something. You want to know what it means to have peace? Oh, when you feel the peace of God in your life, 
and all is well with your soul and your spirit, man, I'm going to tell you, here's the practical side. Here's the amazing side of what God's spirit can do. I have prayed for people a number of times. And I'm going to tell you, when the peace of God hits somebody, every nerve ending in their body, just like they just got a one-hour massage, and all the tension leaves, and their intestinal area loosens, and I'll, you can figure out the rest from there. I know what it is. When I was little, when I was little, I lost my daddy when I was about six or eight. Well, I keep asking my wife, was I six or eight? I think I was six. I don't know. I was, I was, I was young. I lost my daddy. I didn't have a dad growing up, so I understand the concept of needing that reassurance and needing that affirmation. And I had to learn that from God. I had to get a relationship with my heavenly father, and he rebuilt my life, and he restored my life. And, and it's so good to know that we have a heavenly father, right? It's so good to know. But I remember when I was little, I went through a lot of trauma. They put me in the hospital one time when I was younger after losing my father because my intestinal area locked up because I was so nervous and so filled with anxiety of the loss of my dad, nothing would function. And they had to put me in the hospital for a while. I went through counseling when I was a kid. and tried, They tried to help me understand life, how things happen. But I, I'll never forget the night that God gave me a peace for the first time. When I was a kid, I was laying on the ground, and I found this little card. It was a little card that had the Lord's Prayer on it. And for some reason, I grabbed that little card, and I started reading it out loud. And when I read it out loud, I didn't know what it was at this time, but a presence came all over me. A presence came all over me. My sadness went. The stress in my body went away. Everything was relieved, and this knot that I had was gone. And I'll never forget, it was God's peace. Later on, I realized it was the peace of God. But what I'm trying to tell you is, what I'm trying to tell you is this. When the Spirit of God moves in your life, it affects your whole health and your whole body and your whole being. It's so good to taste the Lord and taste of God and know that how good He is. Listen, you don't need to have someone drum up an emotional moment for you. You don't need to every single time run the aisle. I've seen people run aisles, jump on seats, jump over seats, jump in baptistries, do all kinds of crazy things. I knew people that did cartwheels. I knew all. I've seen it all, and I've never seen a lasting change in their life. But I've seen other people who would just simply surrender and surrender to God's presence and the Spirit of God come upon them and Him do a work like a surgeon and cut out all the things that are causing the deficiencies in your life and cause you to gain real health in your life. The greatest attribute of God's presence that you need is the love of God. The love of God will cast out all fear. The love of God will give you a peace of mind. The love of God will begin to work in your life and bring health that you need and bring you a disposition of confidence and strength. When Jesus was in this world, he didn't get all worked up. Jesus walked in authority. Jesus walked, and he said to Lazarus when he was dead, he spoke to a dead man. All he said was, Lazarus, come forth. 
He didn't go up to that sepulcher or that grave and go, should have bought a Honda. Mm, Kickstarter mosquito. Got a bit by my mosquito. Mm. Mm, he didn't go, oh, mm. Mm. Now, Lazarus, you dead dummy. Be alive again. I need somebody to get with me over here. Come on, everybody. Sister, sister, come over here. Put your hands behind me. Let's do this together. I mean, you're, you're right? Mama say, mama say, omakusa. He didn't say anything like that. He spoke a word. He released what was on the inside because he knew what was inside could keep a promise. He knew what was and who was inside could make it come to pass. Could make it come to pass. I want the Lord to minister to you today, and I don't want to stay too long on these topics, but I want to make sure we get the point across. There is something inside of you that bears witness with God's Spirit. I'm talking to a bunch of Elizabeths today. I'm speaking to Elizabeths who are not, you, you, you may not be, you may have a hard time trying to figure out what is my promise. It doesn't matter. You have something in someone inside of you. Like Mary. Mary had the promise of the Father inside of her. And in that promise, and here's what you need to catch. Within that promise were all the promises. Did you catch that? What was in Mary, inside of Mary, was the one whom we would call wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And to his government, there will be no end. Inside of her was the one who said, and we will be healed by his stripes, that he would heal us. He would forgive our iniquity. The chastisement of peace will be upon him, but we would receive the benefits of peace. We would be the recipients of every good thing. God spoke to Abraham and said, I will bless your seed and multiply it like the sand of the sea, and I will multiply you like the stars of the sky, and they that bless you I will bless, and they that curse you I will curse. And he said that I will be with you in every place you put your foot down, I'm going to give it to you because I have favored you, Abraham, and I'm going to bless your seed. Not many seed, but one seed was prophecy about Jesus Christ. Look it up in the Bible. The promises were for the coming seed. Jesus Christ came from the lineage of Abraham. And when Jesus Christ was born, every single promise in the scripture was meant for him to be the one, to be the main recipient of them all. But here's the most powerful thing that was going to happen. He was going to take every one of his privileges and he was now going to place them into every one of us. And if you count Christians from the day that Jesus ascended to the day present now, 
There have been more than you can count and stars in the sky. There have been more than you can count on the seashore. There have been numerable, numerable amounts of people who God has placed his spirit in. And guess what? When you got Jesus, you have all the promises. You have everything inside of you. So it was meant for you. It was meant for you. It was for you. Do you know what's in you? Do you know what's inside of you? Do you know that the one inside of you has been promised? You know, when God anoints and God blesses and God looks down, down the reason why we're favored so much is because it's not that God, now don't get me wrong, he loves you, he loves us, he loves every one of us, but he was so holy, he was so pure, he could not allow a human being to walk into his holy of holies without there being a blood sacrifice. But Jesus Christ gave his life for you and I, and now he abides in you, and he is our high priest. He also became the Lamb of God. He also became the sacrificial offering unto God without spot, without blemish. And so God now made a way for you and I. But because you have Jesus, God looks down and says, they're, they're free. They're blameless. They're guiltless. I bless them. That's my son. I see my son there. I see the representation of who I am. I've made them in my image. There's now no barrier between me and humanity. I've now broken the middle wall of partition. Mercy has come out of its chambers. Grace is overflowing out from its throne, and God is blessing people. That wasn't possible. If you can get the magnitude of what I'm saying today, that wasn't possible back then. It was impossible back then. For us to experience God like we are today, you know, if we really knew what we had, we would lift our hands up every single time, every single moment, and lift our voices up so high to tap into the privileges of what God has done. The scripture says in Hebrews that the patriarchs, they sought after and looked for a kingdom and a city whose builder and maker was God. Hey, folks, that was the Holy Ghost they were looking for. That was the grace of God they were looking for. That was the Christ inside of you. And guess what? He gave it to you. I'm so glad 10 of you got excited. So happy for that. Thank you so much. Studying pays off. Yeah, it's hard for me to convey that to you. You have to get a revelation for yourself. And because, you know, right now, you're just in, you know, I'm going to say, you're in your fields right now. You're just in your feelings right now. I'm tired, man. Sounds good, Pastor Bobby. I'm glad you're saved. As long as you're saved, man, that's good. I come to church because I get excited. I'm living vicariously through you, Pastor Bobby. As long as you pray for me, Pastor Bobby, we're good. I'll keep coming here. I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'm on my way to heaven, and I don't have time to slow down for somebody who doesn't want to pray. I'll pray for you and ask God to give you a prayer life and 
Ask God to give you a revelation and understanding and put a commitment inside of you. I pray, we pray for you all the time. But there does come a time and a place where you have to make up in your mind that you are impregnated with something bigger than yourself, that there is something inside of you in your life that needs to come alive. And if you don't feel a witness with that, that's why right now when I say something like, when I say something like you have favor in your life because of what's inside of you, if you're sensitive to that, you've been nourishing that baby inside of you, if you for lack of better words. If you have been praying, if you've been reading your Bible, if you've been focused on him and nourishing the inner man, there ought to be a witness inside of you and a joy leap up inside of you and something that's going to say, amen, praise God, I received that, and you'll start to see those things come to pass in your life. You'll start to see everything come to pass, everything that God promised, everything that God said he would do. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The only point I'm giving you today is this. Number one, the Christ in you expects nothing less than his best. The Christ inside of you expects nothing less than his best. That means that he believes it can come to pass. That means that you walk with favor if you believe that he's given you favor and tap into the favor. I have the same Holy Ghost that you have. Children, young people have the same Holy Ghost that we all have. No one's been given a quarter of it. No one's been given a miniature portion of his spirit. Everyone's been given the same measure of faith. And God said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. All flesh. Latino, Mexicano, because there's a difference. <laughs> White, black, brown, yellow, red. There's no difference. God does not respect of person, respect of culture, respect of even a generation. God wants to use everybody. And what you have on the inside can turn the world upside down, folks. Who you have on the inside can turn and change your world upside down. I'm telling you, it doesn't take much to allow what's inside of you to start working in your life. There is a witness that you have. That's why it takes faith. you got to step out and start believing God for the impossible. Don't look at everything. Listen, I'm a realist as well. I do see things as they are and realize the reality of what it takes to make something happen. I know it takes hard work. I know it takes effort. That's part of the equation of eating the good of the land. You see, the Israelites were told by, by Moses if they would be willing and obedient, then they would eat the good of the land. So willingness means that, you know, if you said you need to be willing, it, repeat that after me so you can catch this. Say willing, willing. say obedient. obedient, then say good land, good. the good of the land. So that requires two things. Number one, I have to get rid of my self-will. That is the biggest challenge. The devil is not our biggest challenge, folks. The devil is not, the devil is your biggest challenge whenever you're weak in your flesh and you're given by your own lust and desires, then you are no match for the devil. Even with, just without Christ, you're no match for it. So he gives you feelings and emotions and you're, 
your nerve endings are aroused and it's pleasurable when you feel a certain thing come into your life. That's why you have to always learn how to distinguish what the Holy Ghost feels like versus what you are like without him. You got to draw every once in a while. You need to set yourself on that hit, that, uh, go away on a, on a mountain someplace, and just the proverbial mountain. Now, don't take off to Colorado, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> go to the proverbial mountain, prayer mountain, okay, and know what it is to experience God and feel the witness of God, the righteousness of God, the wisdom of God, the peace of God, the joy of God. So when you have your down moments in the valley, you won't base your decisions on the old man. You'll base them on what the inner man is saying, what the Christ inside of you is saying. So when you see something, he won't let you down. Just like John. God will bear witness inside of you. God will bear witness inside of you and tell you, this is the answer. And you'll feel a peace that comes from within. It looks like it's up here, but it's connected from the spirit man. And you think of things up here from your brain, but you can feel it down in your gut. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you something. When God ever moves on you and you feel a witness in your spirit, be sensitive to it. When God says that, there it is. When God said this is it, don't hesitate, but this is why you have to or had already worked on your will. That's why we did 21 days of fasting, not to lose weight, but to let the Spirit of God conform our will and bend it, gently bend it to conform to what He desires. That's the willing part. So you have to be say, saying to yourself, I'm willing, Lord, and not just say it like Peter did. Peter, poor Peter, pobrecito Peter. Poor Peter, he, he, he said, Lord, I'll, I'll die for you. you know, Peter was Latino. <laughs> I don't know any, excuse, forgive me. I know no other accents. <laughs> so when I try to do a Hebrew, he comes out in Spanish. <laughs> Not just Spanish, but Tex-Mex. Yeah. I'll die for you, Lord. You want to mess with Jesus, I'm going to cut your ear off. God had to go back and fix it. Pick up the ear. Don't go, Peter. <laughs> Poor Peter. But Peter had nothing on the inside that would bear witness and give him strength. But, but later on, he did something miraculous. He couldn't even stand flat-footed in front of the fire when he was warming his hands and admit that he was part of Jesus' crew. Couldn't even admit that. Didn't have the strength to even do that. Didn't have the strength to even do that. There's one thing we need to know. That the Christ in you can't even deny himself. He has faith for you. And every promise that was ever given to the scriptures and through the scriptures towards Christ, listen, belongs to you. Hear me out. Every promise, every promise 
Not only do you have a word from God, you have the word of God. The word made flesh and dwells among us still. That's the spirit of God. You have more than a promise. You have the promise maker and the promise keeper inside of you. You have something greater than that. And he can't even deny himself. 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says, if we are faithless, how many of you have ever been faithless? We fail. We all fail, don't we? But even when we fail, we're faithless. He, he, who is he? He in me. Come on, folks, say right here. Come on, say right here. He in me. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. That's why... Don't you worry. You may be down, but Jesus is never down. Jesus is never depressed. Jesus is never like, oh, I don't know about today. I have a headache. Jesus has no excuse. He neither sleeps or slumbers. He is up 24-7, seven days a week. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year. He is there. He is ready. When you're asleep, he's up. That's why before you go to bed, take care of the inner man and you have sweet dreams. You have problems with bad dreams at night. You're being tormented at night for some reason. That's because the old nature and your mind and your spirit man is being affected. And you have to allow the spirit man inside of you to be aroused and awakened and get strength. Then when you go to bed, then you'll have dreams that God will be in. I have been in prayer at night, and I've had issues with spirits coming to me, messing with me, tormenting me. But in my dreams, I've had God just rise up inside of me, and I was very conscious of it. And I would say in Jesus' name in my dreams, and those spirits would go in my dreams. That may sound crazy, but it's possible, and it happens. Let me help you out with your dreams a little bit. I don't want to get weird, but we have to get practical because this stuff happens. I was in Austin, Texas, and this little boy came up to me, and the daddy said he's been having tormenting dreams. And this little boy was very spiritual. I mean, he had a hand, the hand of God was on him. So I embraced him, and I didn't lay hands and go just try to shake him up and do all that stuff. I, I don't like doing that because, you know, I've learned that sometimes God moves and he knocks people out on the ground, and I don't want anybody to ever say, oh, he pushed her down. No, no. Most of the time when I pray for you, I'm going to hold your hand gently if even that. Because God does all the work. I don't need to force myself and impose it upon you. In fact, in fact, really the truth is that God can touch you right where you're at at any time during this service. If I speak on healing and you believe it, God will touch you right then and there. That's how it works, that no man gets the glory. I don't, I don't need the, the recognition or the... The, the, the glory for anything because I've learned that greater is he inside of me than him that's in the world and you have the same Holy Ghost that I've got you've got the same word of God that I have and this little boy was so sweet and I prayed for him and I embraced him and you can feel the love of God and his, his, his problem was he was having dreams so I prayed God rise up inside of him and drive out those thoughts and never let them come to him 
See, sometimes it just takes an anointing. It takes someone you can be in agreement with. Before you go to bed, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel like I'm talking to somebody. That's why I'm stuck on this, and I have to say this. If you're dealing with that kind of stuff, make sure you take Jesus to bed with you. Period. Read your word before you go to bed. Listen to good preaching before you go to bed. Whatever it takes to arouse the inner man, and you'll have better sleep at night. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, listen to this now, for when God made a promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater, no one greater, he swore by himself. God had no one else to compare to or be compared to. He swore by himself. That means he could swear by no other and seal the deal. He said, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to make sure it comes to pass. In other words, he was the one in charge of every promise. I love that because even the scripture says when we're faithless or we fail, he's still faithful. He will still bring it to pass. So the question I have for you is this. Why are you disqualifying yourself because you've messed up or you weren't consistent? The promises of God are still there, and he said he will still fulfill them. The callings of God and the blessings of God are without repentance in the state of being aligned with his presence and calling in your life. The gifts and the callings are without repentance. So it's not predicated about you and I, how good we are, how bad we are. Many times it's just predicated on the fact that you've got something inside of you that is greater than your mistakes. You've got someone inside of you that never fails. You have someone inside of you that never stops loving you. You have something inside of you that created the entire world and it bides inside of you. And he said, I swear to myself that I will bring it to pass, Abraham. Your seed will be blessed. Your seed will prosper. Your seed will take dominion and authority and dominate any area that they're in. Just like you had it in your life, I'm going to let it happen for your offspring as well. And Jesus was that seed. And guess what? You have Jesus in your life now. So, you know, he never gets depressed. He never gets angry. He doesn't have an attitude. He doesn't have this fear. He doesn't live in worry. He doesn't live with anxiety. He who the Son is set free is free indeed, folks. So let the Spirit of God be set free inside of you and watch what he would do. I wish we could give God a praise break right now. I wish we could just give God a praise break. I wish we could lift up our hands and say thank you. Thank you for your presence, God, all over the house. Thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing, what you place inside of me. God is greater than what's inside the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say expectancy. You have been given something that expects something to happen good. That's where your expectancy comes from. 
That's why you've got these dreams. That's why you get these visions. That's why you feel God calling you. That's why you feel God nagging on you. Why? You've got a dream inside of you, and the one who lives inside you has a purpose. You're never, I don't care how far you go from God, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, you can drive a thousand miles, and he'll still be right by your side. He'll still be right there because he loves you. He loves you. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. Why is it that we think when we fail or make a mistake or run away or push pause that God leaves us? He doesn't leave you. He is very patient, very long-suffering because of the cross. What he went through for this, he paid the price. All judgment was placed on Jesus Christ, and now he's inside of you, and this is why we live in mercy. This is why we live and walk by grace. This is why God saved us. This is why God filled us because God wants us to know that there's no way in heaven you can fail. There's no way you can drive me away from you. There's got to be an expectancy inside of you. You have to make it come alive again. He's alive in you, but you got to surrender to it and say, I'm going to let you lead me now. I'm going to let you guide me now. I'm a, I know I've got something inside of me that's able to do exceedingly abundantly to whatever I ask or think you got to take the limits off. Take the limits off. The Holy Ghost will help your unbelief. The Holy Ghost will drive away your doubt. The Spirit of God will take away all your fear. It will give you a love that passes all understanding, a peace that passes all understanding, a love for people that you didn't have before. The Holy Ghost will help you love your enemies. It will help you pray for your enemies. The Spirit of God will enable you to keep your integrity. This is where you need to live. When you know that you are saved, you have something in your spirit that's so great and wonderful. You don't worry about what people say, what people do, what they're talking about. It doesn't matter because greater is he inside of you. God will protect your mind. He'll protect your spirit. There's a correlation there, and he will fill your mind with good thoughts, and he'll fill your heart with strength, and he'll cause you to rise above the circumstance. He'll cause you to make the right decisions in your life that will make you, listen, prosper. You want to know where good ideas come from? You want to know where creativity comes from? It comes from right here. When you stir it up, I'm telling you, when you arouse what's inside of you, when you give it something to leap about, you understand what I'm talking about? You have to give that promise something to get excited about. God is just waiting for some of you to agree with him, some of you to just egg him on with, I believe you, Lord, quoting the word of God. That's why, that's why Moses never failed in the sense of bringing Israel out of Egypt. That's why Joshua took the promised land, because God said, if you'll just keep my commandments, and told Joshua, if you'll never let that word depart from your mouth. In other words, stay in alignment with me, and I will back you up. But listen, You've got something greater than Moses had. You have something greater than Joshua had. You have the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God inside of you. You have a promise inside of you that's been given all the promises. You've been given the promise that has all the promises. 
mistake about maybe two more times. You've been given the one capital P promise that has all the other promises waiting to just manifest in your life, waiting for you to agree there's nothing impossible for God to do. Nothing impossible for God to do. Hmm. Oh, man. Lord Jesus, help me. Help me. Expectancy. I want my expectancy to jump up and down. The Spirit would promise this disciples could not go out unless they first received a promise. Listen to this. Luke chapter 24, 49. And I'm coming to a close. Come on, Haley. Behold, Jesus told the disciples, behold, I need you to go out to all the nation and all the world, and they needed some help. So he said, no problem. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What was that? That was the Spirit of God. The promise of the Father. I know that messed you all up. Let me get you back on track right here. He said, I want you to go out to all the world. He said, but before you can go out, I have to send the promise of the Father upon you. So tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued and are endued with power from on high. So hold on a second. The promise was given to them. That was the Spirit of God. And he said, in that spirit that I'm going to place, the promise that I put inside of you has power. Did you catch what I just said? He said, i got to give you a promise first. And we found out that the promise of the Father was the what? The Holy Spirit. And he said, in the Holy Spirit, there is power. Power for what? Power to change the world. Can I ask you a question? Do you not like the way your world is going on, right? What's happening in your world today? Let's not talk about the world as a nation. Let's talk about our world as an individual. Do you like the way things are going for your career or your family right now? Do you not like the way things are going on your job? Do you not like the way things are going in your community? Do you have problems that are happening that you have no control of? What is it? Or, or do you need, do you want something to change? Let me ask you this. Do you want your financial situation to change? Do you need something to be altered? Here's the good news. Whatever your world consists of that's contrary to the promises God gave to Jesus, guess what? He said, I give you power to change it. He gave the disciples who were going to become apostles a great task that only God can do. Their task was to, was to change the world and disciple the world. They had to deal with demons. They had to have the ability to cast them out. They had to pray for the sick and watch people become whole, no matter if they had a headache or had leprosy. They had to lay hands on somebody. The lame are just someone with a sprained ankle. It doesn't matter. The same power that it takes to cure a headache, it's the same power that it takes to cure cancer. And guess what? You and I got to get it up here in our brains that that power abides inside of us. 
and recognize it's Him who does it through us. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.